welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high achieving, goal oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Well, I've got a really good episode for you today. I'm very excited to talk to you about another big area of concern that I've heard more frequently lately is how to to cut back on your own drinking when literally everybody around you (laughs) is still over drinking or continues to over drink. And that's a big one, right? Because people who overdrink tend to hang out with people who also overdrink. <laughs> you know, we tend to flock towards people with common interests that we have, right? So it would make sense that if you overdrink, you have friends and family who overdrink as well. One of the biggest topics under this discussion of being around people who overdrink is spouses. So I do not know how often that I hear, you know, what what do I do? It's my spouse comes home from work every night and drinks. It's what we do together, um, all that. And I know that that seems hard. Or when you think about cutting back on how much you're drinking and you consider your life and who's in it and what you normally do and your normal patterns, that in your mind feels hard or almost impossible. So I just want to acknowledge that and let you know that there is hope. Many of my clients, including myself, had partners, have partners who drink and have successfully cut back. So what I have found just sort of like results wise is that when you dig into this work yourself, people around you tend to start drinking less too, naturally. And that's what it was like for me and my husband. You know, we got married in a boutique winery in Sonoma County, California. And we went to Vegas all the time. We had wine club memberships. We had our group of friends that we went to college with that we partied hard with. And, you know, it was a big part of our lifestyle. And so when I said I wasn't going to drink or I was working on cutting back, my husband just didn't even know. Like, he's like, how do, what, what, like, he, he couldn't, it's like, does not compute, right? He couldn't imagine one of the things was I hosted a birthday party when I turned 40 at a wine bar and I wasn't drinking. He's like, so we're going to invite all these people to a wine bar and you're not going to drink. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) it's going to be great. I still know how to have fun. So it kind of takes modeling it and showing, you know, to yourself and to the people around you that you're not changing. You're not going to start pushing no drinking on them or anything like that. And that was a conscious decision that I made when I tackled this myself. I'm not going to force this on my husband because I had forced um, things on him for many years for our whole relationship. Um, any diet that I would do, I would be like, we're doing this, we're doing a juice fast, we're doing a, you know, vegan, raw, blah, 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 (laughs) you know, and I would make him do it. And then if he didn't, if he fell off or didn't do it, then it was like, you know, if he doesn't do it, then it makes it so hard for me not to do it. And I just want you to know that that's a thought. That's a belief that you have that isn't helping you, right? And it feels true. 
I know that that feels true, right? It would be so much easier if people would just be like, whatever you want, whatever you need, I'm on board. Yes. And then they would follow through with it all the way through, right? But that just doesn't happen. And it's nothing bad to say about them. It's just humans, right? It's, if it's not their idea, they are probably aren't going to do it. And that's okay. And so I want to support you with this podcast to give you some tools and some tips on how you can support yourself and kind of let everybody else do what they're going to do. Okay. So I actually got some, you know, I pulled my audience recently and you guys wrote in about this specific topic. And one of you wrote in and said this, my biggest obstacle is my significant other. We've lived together for 10 years, been together 12 and drinks daily. I can say that there's three, possibly four days that he hasn't had a couple drinks in the 12 years we've been together. In other words, he makes it easy for me, easily accessible, and he enjoys it when I drink with him. Okay. So I think the biggest thing from this response, and thank you for sharing that, is this thought, he makes it easy for me. Okay. That is giving your power away to him. Right. So you're not saying this is on you to change. You're just like, okay, he's making it so easy for me to say yes to the drinks. And that gives, that leaves us feeling powerless. And if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know, that's not what we do here, right? Like this is all about you feeling empowered and confident and in control about your relationship with alcohol. And if that's what you want, then you have to take full on responsibility. Okay. And just kind of like setting the husbands on the side for a second, like putting them in the corner for a minute here. If we look at our society, alcohol is around us everywhere. We see it on television. We can buy it in the corner store. We can buy it at the gas station, at the grocery stores, at our ABC stores, you know, like restaurants, hotels, airplanes, lounges. I mean, literally everywhere you can get alcohol. And so if he wasn't or she wasn't bringing home alcohol every night, you would still figure out a way to get it, I'm sure. Like you would go to the store and get it, right? And so it's not that it's easy for you to do. It's always going to be easy for you to get, right? There's not a lot of obstacles in us getting alcohol these days, <laughs> right? So I just want to point that out to you too. And he can still bring it home and you can still decide not to drink it. Right. Just because he brings it and it's available in your home doesn't mean that it's not possible for you not to drink it. You still are making that decision in that moment to drink it. Yes, it might be offered to you. OK, so there might be a prompt for you to drink that drink, but ultimately you're the one that's saying yes or no. OK, so I just want you to see that. And when you know that that is completely on you to ingest, then we can take responsibility for it and then we can change, right? Asking him not to bring it home or to change himself and what he does is way too complicated. <laughs> it's just way too hard because then, then he has to change his habits. It doesn't sound, it sounds like he's got some ingrained habits, right? He's now going to have to change his ingrained habits in order for you to change. And that's just a no-win situation, right? So let him have his habits. Let him have his patterns. So now what we got to do is empower you to feel like you can do this regardless of what he's doing, 
okay? This thought, in other words, he makes it easy for me. How do you feel when you think that? Dismissive, powerless, annoyed, frustrated. Like, what is it if you guys ask yourself, he makes it easy for me or they make it easy for me. If you're in a family situation and you're out with your friends and everybody's drinking, right? How do you feel when you think that? Does it feel empowering? Does it feel confident? Does it feel good? Does it feel positive? Probably not. And you don't even need to have a label on the emotion. It's either a good feeling or a bad feeling. That's all we really need to know about it, okay? So ask yourself that question. How does that make me feel? And then what do I do when I feel that way? If I'm feeling dismissive or powerless, what do I do? Do I drink? Do I just say yes, I'll give in and go against my goals and my desires? Probably. Okay, so that's where I would start on that one. If you have a partner who drinks or if you're on friends who drink and it, you feel like it's easier for you just to drink because they are all drinking and you have that thought, I would start with changing that thought. It's just as easy for me to say no. And, and that is the truth. It's just as easy for you to say no thank you than it is to say sure. If you think about just isolating that decision, I could say no or I could say yes. That's all you need to do. Like that's not complicated. It's not easier or hard either way. If you just isolate that decision, okay? What we make hard is if we say no, what we're going to have to sit with in our mind and our feelings afterwards and the story that we're telling ourselves about that experience. So what if you do say no? In your mind, what comes up? They're going to be disappointed. They're going to think I'm not going to be fun. I'm going to have brain chatter about it. I'm going to have urges. Um, I'm going to be boring. I'm not going to know what to do. I don't know what my evening routine is going to look like. That is what's difficult. Okay, but the decision, saying yes or no, requires no more effort. Are you following me? <laughs> So that, what's hard about it is your brain coming in after you've, you're saying no and departing from what you normally do, your brain's going to have a lot of objections to that. And it's going to sound like worry about what they're going to think, worry about what they're going to say. They're going to worry about the experience that you're going to have, if it's going to be a positive one or a negative one. And I just want you to know that's all normal and we can minimize that. Okay. You guys are the one that's in charge of your experience, just like you're in charge of your own decisions, right? Your experience in whatever it is that you're doing, drinking or not drinking, comes back to what you're thinking about that experience. If you go into that experience and you think this is going to suck because I'm not drinking, that's going to be your experience, right? If you go into it and be like, I'm curious to see what it's like. I want to learn how to have not, or I want to learn to have fun and not over drink. That's going to be your experience, right? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be maybe a little bit challenging, but it's not going to be this daunting, white knuckly, you know, missing out type of experience. Okay. The other thing about spouses and husbands and partners and all that is a lot of times when we live together with somebody, they trigger us <laughs> and we get angry or pissed off or frustrated or what, or some negative feeling around behaviors that they have. They say stupid shit. They don't do things we think they should, and we can get resentment and all of that kind of yucky negative energy around it, and then we want to drink, okay? And then we 
we again we're giving our power away because we say things like he he did something that pissed me off and then i drank and that derailed me for the for most of the week okay so you're saying he has to be perfect or she has to be perfect or they have to be perfect right for you to be able to stick to your drink plan and that is also a no-win situation because people are going to be people. People say stupid shit all the time. People don't do what they're supposed to all the time, literally every day. <laughs> How often do we do what we say we're going to do, right? So we know that human behavior is not consistent a lot of the times and we and stupid things happen, right? That's not something that we can control. But what we can control is learning how to be with those feelings the anger, the pissed offness, resentment, whatever it is, and not react to those feelings, not need to escape those feelings. What we want to do is we want to learn how to accept those feelings and be okay with being upset. You know, accept that you're pissed off right now. And it's not a problem that you need to go numb from, right? So that's very important when you are in relationships and those are your triggers. Okay, we need to learn how to be upset and just let ourselves be upset and take care of ourselves in those moments. You know, separate yourself from the situation, take a walk, go journal, drink some water, take care of yourself instead of numbing out from those feelings because you should be having them because you're a human and you're in relationship with somebody else and you're going to have a range of emotions for that. Okay, and then the other feedback we got from this survey that we did was being around a lot of alcohol still. My family are big drinkers. <clears throat> and what I want to say about this is sometimes, if this is outside of your home, right? So there, there's the spouse situation where generally you're you know interacting with them every day and if they have a nightly drinking habit, we're going to have to learn how to show up for ourselves and honor our own commitments and focus on us. You should absolutely join Alive AF when it opens up again on June 1st. <laughs> so you can get support with that with people who are doing this together and not rely on your family and friends for that kind of level of support. Okay. Our family and friends, just a kind of a side note here, and then I'm going to get back to this last comment, but when we, when we ask our family and friends for the support that we actually need, sometimes they're just not the best people because they're not faced with that problem or they don't want to solve that problem and they don't know how to help you, okay? They don't know the right things to say. They may say they're on board with it, but they really don't know how to do it. And so sometimes we put our relationship on the line and we're like, I need help with this. I need you to not offer me alcohol. I need you to not bring it home in the, you know, bring it home and we ask all these things for them and then they do something stupid like is that on your drink plan tonight you know and they question what you're doing they don't understand the deeper work that you're doing around it so yes it's great to communicate what your needs are for sure highly recommend you do that but the support like the actual support in helping you change your behaviors is sometimes better when it's not from a family member because there's just there's a lot of baggage there. <laughs> there's a lot of history with our family members and friends and they're not they're not trained to hold space for that for you and to be neutral around your specific situation around your drinking and changing those behaviors. But a coaching program or hiring a coach or being in a container or a, a support network where they are is very very important so you can just be honest with yourself and with them about what your struggles are without worrying about being judged, okay? So getting back to this this comment or question, um, my family are all big drinkers. 
and we can use this interchangeably between family and friends. If you hang out with family members or your friend groups that are big drinkers, and you guys are going out on the regular, going to other people's houses on the regulars, or going vacations together on the regulars, you want to really kind of like zoom out of that and look at, okay, I really like, you got to make this work and changing your relationship um, a top priority for yourself. And so in the beginning, or even, you know, as you're in it right now, if you've been working on it for a while, you've got to kind of make some decisions that are in best support of you. And sometimes those decisions mean I don't need to go out on a Tuesday night with you. Okay. So maybe, maybe I'm, I'm capable and I'm strong enough to go out with you like once a month, but the rest of the times I'm, I'm going to work on saying no and learning how to get my habit and my new habits ingrained. I'm going to start going to bed earlier. I'm going to start taking care of myself and making my self care a priority and not saying yes to going to every single invitations. I know a lot of you all have big social groups. You know, a lot of you guys have kids that have left the nest already and you're kind of like coming back into your socializations and you're vacationing with people and summertime is coming. You go out to the lake with your people, right? And it's a lot of sitting around and drinking. And I just want to let you know that it's okay to say no. And it actually should be a priority for you to say no to get your sort of like equilibrium going, to get some of these things established with yourself, get yourself onto a regular schedule, start honoring your commitments towards yourself, and then we can we can dip into the more regular social situations, okay? And if you do decide to go into the social situations, you're like, no, I'm not missing out on anything. Just know that that when you're learning how to do new things and you're around all of the busyness of all the people who you've had such histories with, it's going to be challenging. Okay. You're going to, you want to drink less, but you also want to be with these people. And it's, it's, you'll, you'll, it'll be a little bit of a harder pull. Okay. What I did around people who drank and I drank too, right. I would just, I wanted to see them but I would do different things with them. So I would do things during the day with them, go on hikes, go out for coffee, that kind of stuff, go shopping, right, during the day so that I didn't put myself in evening situations when I'm tired, exhausted, feeling anxious, and that's my normal pattern to drink, all right? So you want to think about different ways you can be creative if you want to continue spending time with them. And then also think about reducing the quantity of events that you have with them, at least for like the first month. And I'm not talking about quitting drinking here at all, but like you want to kind of feel strong that you have been following through on what you need to do, taking really good care of yourself, giving yourself enough downtime and enough sleep, you know, getting your workouts in, all of that kind of stuff. So then you can go out. I rarely go out with people in the evenings. It's a rare situation that I am out after dark. <laughs> but I also have very active social life. You know, I travel a lot. I see my friends. Um, I do bigger deep dives with people that I really want to spend time with and do like little weekend retreats with. Um, I see people early in the morning as my social thing too, to go running or hiking and have coffee with them in the morning. Um so it, you can still do it. It just look, looks a little bit different. So get creative. And remember, it's okay to say no. And honesty is the best policy. I love you all, and I'm trying to cut back on my drinking. And I just need to make myself a priority right now, so I'm not going to go out tonight.
You know, it's not saying that you can't be around alcohol, but you want to set yourself up for success for some easy wins. Okay. And then, you know what? I'll see you on Saturday. It doesn't have to be a black and white full on extraction from these people or, you know, a full on immersion and you're going to show up to everything and not drink. Think about what would be really good for you and what you enjoy doing and make sure that you're building in time for yourself because during this process, you're going to be learning about yourself a lot more. You're going to be learning how to be with those feelings. And when you're around a lot of people, sometimes that can be distracting from that and exhausting. You know, I used to think I was an extrovert and so I would do all the things, right? All the social things, have people over, go out, blah, blah, blah. And then when I stopped drinking, I realized that I was actually an introvert and I didn't really enjoy those things that much anymore. And so I need to make sure that I protect my energy and take care of myself and fill my own like kind of alone time bucket. And if I do go out and I'm around people for a long periods of time, like I have to recover from that when I get home and just like have a lot of downtime, take care of myself, catch up on my sleep, that kind of thing too. So you will learn new things about yourself during this process. You're, what I have found is that most people are here to support you, your family and friends included. It takes being honest with them about what you're looking for and what you might need from them. Um, if they keep pressuring you to drink, you got to call that shit out and just be brave and be like, stop pressuring me to drink. I'm an adult and I can choose what I put in my mouth. You know, like it's none of their business. And if they're pressuring you, I think it's worth having a conversation. And if they get offended by that, you know, I would evaluate the friendship full stop. You've got to put yourself first and worrying about what they're thinking about your drinking is not going to serve you. It's just not, it'll just keep you in that negative feeling cycle. And then you're going to want to escape from that and drink <laughs> or say, fuck it. And, you know, go out and do it, you know, go along with it, what everybody else is doing. Okay. So in recap, your spouse, your partner, your husband, we don't need to change them for you to be successful. We got to look at what we're thinking about your ability to change when somebody in your household is drinking on the regular. Okay. It's not easier for you to say yes or no. If somebody else is drinking around you, that decision is not hard. Okay. It's the bullshit chatter and the brain chatter that comes in afterwards and projecting what that experience is going to be like that sometimes is hard to manage. And you got to be willing to know that that's normal and that you can reduce that by not being over dramatic about it. It's just a decision. I don't need to drink tonight. They can still drink. Okay and join a live AF so you can get support from people not in your family or friendship circle. All right. Opening June 1st. The other part of relationships and other people are when you live with somebody, you're going to have a range of emotions, right? As you know, and we need to learn how to be with those feelings and not be reactive to them and definitely not use as alcohol as a tool because we can't, we can't control what other people say or do. And if, you get angry or pissed off or have a negative emotion in response of what somebody else is doing. That's 100% normal when you're in relationship with people, especially when you live with them. So we got to learn how to feel that and know that it's normal. It's not a problem. And it definitely doesn't need to be numbed out by alcohol. You can also learn how to do that in a live AF coming June 1st. 
And then secondly is when you're very social and you're around a lot of people and family and friends who drink, consider reducing the quantity of social events that you have, putting yourself as a priority, um, you know, communicating to them what you needs, what your needs are. And if you do need to go to a social event or something, think about changing up the plans during the day, switching out how you hang out with people. And then one last thing I didn't mention is go into those social situations and have a start and end time. So you want to go in maybe just for an hour and then you want to leave. Next time, go in for 90 minutes and then you leave, right? So clear communication up front to your family and friends on that is super helpful as well. So I hope this podcast has helped you. The most important thing is instead of just listening to it, apply what I'm teaching you. The people that actually do what I'm suggesting change their relationship with alcohol, okay? And if you need support with changing your relationship with alcohol and you want to be in a nice, loving community with no judgment, with people who totally understand it, make sure that you are on the wait list to join Alive AF, my monthly coaching membership that is going to be reopening on June 1st. All right, friends, we'll talk soon. Bye. Oh, hey, I forgot to mention that I have a few spots left for my Sober Cancun Retreat and Coaching Package. So I don't know if you heard about this or not, but I am leading a small group of women to Cancun in December of this year. And the dates for that are, hold on one second, December... um, I think it's December 4th through December 8th. The link that I'm going to be putting here in the podcast will have all of the details. But it's a really awesome opportunity for you to come with me and nine other women to Cancun, Mexico, to an all-inclusive resort, beautiful resort. I was just there in January of this year, and it's just amazing. You'll have your own private king oceanfront suite all meals and non-alcoholic drinks are included. We're going to do an off-site excursion. We're going to have early morning sunrise beach walks, coaching. I'm going to help you with real-time um, support around being around alcohol, especially like on this topic, it's perfect. Being around alcohol and learning how to be with that and to say no and learn how to be uncomfortable and process those urges and change your mindset around it. And when you leave that retreat, you will have so much confidence that you can go back into your own life and not drink or drink significantly less. This is a sober retreat, so we won't be drinking together as a group. There's also no drinking, you know, in the airport before. <laughs> we want to you want to be somebody who can feel comfortable taking a week off and you won't be going through like withdrawals on the retreat or anything like that. Um, what's also awesome about this retreat is that I'm providing support via coaching for two months before the retreat and for a month after. So it's a three-month coaching package. So we're going to start in October. For everybody that signs up, we're going to have a live group coaching call in October, a live group coaching call in November, and that's also going to help you get support um, to stop over drinking around the holidays, and I'll get you all prepped and ready to go before your travels to Cancun. And then for after the retreat in December, we're going to have another group coaching call to sort of incorporate and make sure you're solid with implementing everything that you learned. And additionally, every person on that retreat is going to get three private phone calls with me sessions. And this is really the only opportunity right now that I'm offering private coaching. 
So you get three group calls and three private calls with me, two before and one after. And then we also have a private Facebook group just for the nine women who have joined. So we do have a few spots left. The link and the details are in the show notes. It's going to be super fun, super supportive, beautiful, and you are going to set yourself up for a long time to feel empowered around going on vacations and being around social situations and traveling without over drinking. All right, my friends, if you have any questions about that retreat, um, just give me an email. Hello at angelomasenic.com. And I will look forward to speaking to you. Talk soon. Didn't we